Welcome to Foster Career Experience, a podcast featuring interviews with people who've had experience with the foster care system about their lives, their career journeys, and their stories of navigating the workplace. We all bring unique histories with us in our jobs, and by understanding each other's experiences, we can make the workplace better for everyone. Today's episode features MJ, a Gen Z college student. Art was my way of kind of like my little getaway. Um, it was my way of like my own therapy. Um, I could show people and I could tell people how I feel without actually verbally having to say anything to them. And that was one thing that I really loved about art is because not one person can look at the same thing and interpret it the same way. And so in a way, I felt free to be able to get my feelings out in the world and not have to be, um, I should say, condemned would be a good word for it. MJ's dorm, with its white brick walls, felt more quiet and empty this summer now that fewer students were on campus. She walked around her room with her computer, showing me art that she had created recently. She held up a painting of an ocean fantasia, a jewel-toned sea of emerald and indigo, a mauve mountain, a blood-orange moon trapped in a net, an elfin mermaid on a small island in the middle, looking into the eyes of an immense dragon who stood still in the waves staring deeply back. Okay, I should say my inspiration came from henna tattoos. And you know how they have like those designs on them, those special patterns? That's what I was going for. I was thinking like a henna move. It's a representation of the things that are easily missed or the things that are, um, some people believe are there, but then other people don't see it. I feel like it can be a representation of being like, um, this is one person's reality versus another person's. Studying and creating art has taught MJ that people bring unique perspectives and may interpret things differently. She hasn't always been able to see things from other people's perspectives, but it's something that she's working on. Because I started thinking to myself, if someone can look at a picture or painting or whatever it may be, and they can look at it and no two people see it the same way. How does that reflect in a situation where, hey, there's two sides to a situation and I need to see, like, why did this person react the way they did? You know, some things can happen and some things that don't happen that should have happened. And so you look back on it and you're like, man, I shouldn't have done this or man, I shouldn't have said that. Well, I started getting to the point to where, like, before it gets up to that situation, I want to be able to understand and see what the other person is seeing before the situation gets to a certain point where it shouldn't be. MJ is a full-time college student majoring in fine arts. She is a self-taught artist and wants to learn everything. The first time I ever took a art class was in high school, and one of my high school teachers told me, if you want to be a good artist, you got to know how to do everything, a little bit of everything. And so I kind of took that and I kind of flew with it. And I was like, you know what? That is a good thing. Because I, I was right now, I know how to draw and I know how to paint. But that's like to the extent of it. I want to know how to like do sculpture and like acting. And like there's a whole um, bunch of things that like being an artist, um, what an artist is, 
And it's not just defined by one certain little area. I wanted to be able to know how to do, uh, use all mediums and enhance my artistry. MJ is enjoying her classes, but it's been difficult to find community in college. She's met some great people, but MJ feels like people often come and go over the semesters and that she can't really relate to many students her age. Like I didn't have that parental support and structure that a lot of other kids my age have. And in fact, it sometimes it frustrates me because I'm beyond my years of maturity and kids my age aren't. And that's why I can't relate to kids my age. I like most of the people that I know and I'm friends with, they're a lot older than me by like five, 10, sometimes even 15 years. Cause I just, it's, has to do with me not ever having a childhood like when I think of my childhood I think of a black hole it's not something that I can look into it's not something I can see I don't ever remember you know getting read a bedtime story I don't ever remember getting um like having my boo-boos kissed whenever I got hurt like I I never had any that I never had anyone I could turn to when I needed them so in a way, I felt like, like back to what you're saying, like the mothering, mothering instinct, like I felt like I had to be my own parent. So with that, I definitely think I didn't get to have that childhood because I was so busy being a mother to myself. MJ is still balancing a lot of responsibilities. She's taking a full course load each semester, is involved in a program for former foster youth, and works part-time. She's also often sought out by her classmates for advice on their projects. I'll have people come up to me and ask me a lot of questions. I'll I'll have people come up to me and ask me, hey, can you help me with this assignment? Hey, do you know where this is? Hey, um, can you help me do this? So I feel like on my deathbed, I'm going to be laying in my coffin. And I'm going to have like like either a cousin or like a grandchild or like my own uh, like sibling come up to me and be like hey do you have any lotion and you just see me reach in my pocket and give him a bottle and return to my pose she feels like she's always going to be helping people mj wishes that she had someone who could give her advice and help her navigate different situations like a mentor but mj feels like she has to be her own mentor She writes pros and con lists to herself to help work through difficult decisions. MJ would especially love a mentor who is also a former foster youth. I think it would also help too if like we actually had connections. Like I know that they said a lot about, you know, when you get out of care, like these are all the numbers and people that you can contact, but like Honestly, since I've been out of the system, I have not had any type of support at all. Um, And if I do have support, it's very limited. And so it's just kind of like you're left on your own wondering what to do next and like how to approach things. So it's a lot harder to figure some things out. Honestly, I feel like both would be a good thing because a lot of times a lot of foster kids think that, oh, my goodness, this is I am the only person. Like nobody else knows what it's like to go through the system. And so in that aspect, they feel alone. And when it comes to having mentors, I would, I honestly would say that having a mentor would be so awesome. Like if you need to confide in somebody or you want to ask something, like you have somebody you can go to. 
And I feel like for foster kids in general, that's a big step for them. That's a huge milestone for them to be able to come to somebody when they need something, considering, you know, growing up and being in the system, you could never do that. MJ would have welcomed a mentor's advice on how to navigate a recent work scenario. At her most recent part-time job, MJ felt like she wasn't trained properly, wasn't seen as an individual, and then was micromanaged to the point where her work environment felt negative. Eventually, MJ was fired from the part-time position. And so it got to the point where my boss would like literally stand over my shoulder to make sure I was doing things right. And I just, I don't know, I felt so excluded. I didn't feel like I belonged. It was just not the job for me. It just wasn't bad. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. It wasn't a good situation. Nonetheless, MJ still learned a lot from that experience. She learned what she didn't want in a workplace. She doesn't want to worry constantly about what she says, or lose sleep over what happened that day, or feel like she's in fight-or-flight mode while she's working. MJ also wishes that her boss had better understood, or even known, about her experience as a former foster youth. A lot of times, bosses, I should say, don't understand why I have certain mannerisms and behaviors the way that I do. Like, if they do something, it, it'll trigger me, or if... Or if um, they say something, it'll take me back and I'll suddenly have like a mood change. Like they don't understand that. And to them, it's just me giving attitude or like, it's just, um, I feel like it's, it's a huge misunderstanding that not a lot of people are aware of. Um, but like some things that can trigger could be anything from like a certain phrase, a tone of voice. Like say if somebody yells at you, it can take you back. Um, it can be like, a loud noise, the door slamming, uh, glass breaking on the floor. Um, it can be, honestly, it can be a number of things. And it just depends on that individual and what they went through. If they have at least like a little bit of understanding that when it comes to us former foster youth, you kind of need to have a little bit more patience with us. And you kind of need to have a little bit more understanding into why we act the way we act sometimes. Because I think a lot of times situations get blown up out of proportion that shouldn't be get that shouldn't have gotten to that point, and it's a matter of bosses being like, "Oh, well, I don't know what's wrong with her, or I don't know what I could have said to possibly make her mad." But I feel like just having that little piece of background knowledge could make a difference. There's a lot of there's not a lot of knowledge in like being foster care, like it's statistically wise or yeah statistics um and a lot of people's opinions can get skewed really easily because at the end of the day i'm not my circumstance i can't go back and change whatever happened um, i can only move forward and hope for the best so where does mj see herself in the future girl i'll be sitting on the balcony on the second story of my home that i own I, I would love to own my own business in the future, our business, of course, and hopefully be sitting on some pretty dough. That's my goal. And what advice would MJ give her younger self? 
My sweet little girl, the world is going to do its best to dim your light. There will be times you wallow in darkness, scared, alone, and afraid. But no matter what, promise me you'll always pick yourself back up and light your own path. You're different and you won't fit in, but that's okay because you're born to stand out. No matter what, keep shining and remember to love yourself. The world is yours to conquer. Love, MJ, your older self. MJ's art is filled with multitudes of color, meaning, and beauty, just like MJ is herself. If we viewed people as spectacular works of art, maybe we could also learn to appreciate the uniqueness of each person and even care to understand them better. Thanks for listening to this episode. This podcast was created and hosted by me, Sam Heimbach. It was produced by Zachary Webb. Podcast art and website design are by Hanna Finvez of HMF Design. Music is from Soundstripe. This podcast was funded in part by the Baton Savoir Scholarship offered through the Human Dimensions of Organizations Master's Program at the University of Texas at Austin. You can learn more about this episode and others at fostercareerexperience.com. Thank you.